welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Royal City Games Cast, the show about life, games, movies, and being dad. I'm Jordan, and with me today is another special guest, William Keyes, joined us for another week. He's back. Yeah, it's me again. I'm back. <laughs> How's it going, man? How's your week going? My week's been interesting. Uh, technically, I was supposed to be at work uh, this week. Uh, but we found out on Monday that my son Finn actually tested positive for COVID. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so I've been left to uh, quarantine from home. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have the capabilities to work from home because of the, t- the nature of my job. Uh, so I've just been at home kind of taking care of the kid as he's just been resting. Uh, there were two kids at his daycare, actually, that had tested positive, And he kind of fell under the weather sometimes Sunday afternoon. Um, and, you know, we thought it was teething, but it turned out it was COVID. So uh, I guess I got a bit of a week off and I get to find out tomorrow if uh, he's passed it along to me or if I've, I'm in the clear and I'm able to go back to work next week. So we'll, we're going to see how that goes. That's kind of been the main uh, life update. There really hasn't been much else going on this week. Well, I've been going through a bit of the same, same thing. I actually got sick Tuesday night really weird i had like flu like flu like symptoms literally like uh cold sweats like throughout the whole night like just like burning up mm-hmm. and woke up in the morning and then by like 11 o'clock the next day i was perfectly fine and then last night you know i woke up at 5 a.m just wasn't sleeping well um you know so i was like all right well i might have covid so we did a rapid test it came back negative and i'm feeling great now like no no issues but uh but yeah i mean it's out there i hope uh i hope your son is is good and everything uh and he recovers well does he having any like symptoms or or issues Uh, or he's still we're still finding trouble kind of readjusting him back to foods he's not like he, he used to be a really good eater um now he's he's getting back into you know we're trying to keep up with his fluids that's the main one keeping up with formula making sure he's getting water juice just whatever he gets throughout the day um and then little by little he's starting to pick up smaller portions of food here and there but he's not eating whole meals at the moment like he used to otherwise like the really the only symptom that we've noticed besides you know maybe a low-grade fever would probably be like his cough and i think it's it's kind of like that phlegmy cough that that he gets um that it feels like he's kind of congested um and it tends to wake him up sometimes in the middle of the night but he puts himself back to sleep and i think we've been told that with covid he's probably going to have that for the next little while until it clears up just because somebody his age he's you know has a little bit of trouble being able to clear that himself yeah for sure and i mean Every it seems like everybody's reaction to it's different, right? So it's hard to like kind of know what to expect. But it sounds like he's he's got some pretty mild, like mild to regular symptoms. So you know, fingers crossed, everything uh, obviously goes well, and I'm sure it will. But uh, but yeah, yeah we're I just mean, taking it one day. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, everybody's getting it, right? So it's like you know, get your get your vaccines and and all that stuff. Make sure that you're doing that because it's uh, it's definitely going to protect you against uh against covid if you if you do happen to get it so absolutely but, uh, yeah, yeah sorry to hear that man i hope everything uh, goes well and we'll have to you'll have to keep us posted on on how things are going with that absolutely yeah we're just taking it one day at a time at this point and uh just being patient with the whole process as we can if he's not feeling like he's eating food we just kind of leave him to it i mean he's still playing with his toys he still seems fairly cheerful throughout the day so those are positives there that we tend to look at um and it's not like he's completely turned off of you know food entirely or drinks you know he, he kind of gets it at his own pace so we're trying not to like you know force feed him or for or force drink him because we don't want him to be turned off it completely so no totally. he's, gonna, he's gonna recover at his own pace yeah no for sure that makes sense um yeah i mean my week this week has been been pretty busy man work continues to be to be a grind and uh and the kiddos actually also has a bit of a cold so but uh i mean we haven't done a covid test she's only 10 months old mm-hmm. um the symptoms that she has doesn't lead us to believe that she has has covid i mean she doesn't have a fever or anything like that it's really just a runny nose so i think she's mm-hmm. just got a sinus sinus issue i mean we're obviously going to keep an eye on her but uh 
but yeah, so it's been a bit uh, a bit rough uh, with that. Sleep sleep has not been exactly um, great for her. A lot of you know w- waking up here and there in the middle of the night, or you know really difficult uh, bedtimes. I'm trying to get her down because she's just really irritated. It seems like she started to turn the corner today. Um, my wife was actually out uh, at a friend's place in Peterborough area um yesterday so she was gone for the night and uh sleep did not go so well um, oh, no friend's place, but uh but yeah i mean she's doing well um That's we're good. getting we're getting really close to uh we're getting really close to standing uh on our own and, and being able to start taking those first steps without having to like hold on to anything and she's She's, I mean, I've been saying it the last couple of podcasts, she's doing a lot of standing with just one, one hand and she's like walking around while holding on to things and with one hand and whatnot. So she's really close. I mean, it's only a matter of really days um, to weeks at this point before she's absolutely, she's fully mobile. So it's just been really fun to kind of watch, watch that experience. But, uh, but yeah, she was really happy before bedtime tonight. So that was, yeah. uh, that was well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's that. You know, it's that hour or two. I work a pretty regular um, day schedule. I do have to do a lot of work outside of that schedule, but it's that couple hours after work or hour after work where you get to spend a bit of time as a family and just kind of hang out and do dinner and whatnot. So it was uh, it was good tonight for sure. Yeah. Um, other than that, our some news on the basement. So the basement is actually um, getting started on Monday of next week. Nice, our, nice. Our date has been pushed up, so we're actually going to be getting um, we're actually going to be getting started Monday, and they're going to start doing the framing, and the uh, they're going to start chipping down at the concrete so that the washroom can be placed. Um, so that's going to start Monday, and hopefully we'll have walls and everything in the place by the end of next week. So that's that's awesome. It's, you know, it's three to four weeks ahead of, ahead of schedule. And I really kind of want to get the basement going and get it done because with everything going on in the world and um, with inflation and whatnot, um, the sooner I get material in and people building <laughs> things, um, the quicker um, and better chance of, of the cost of the, what I'm trying to do, not running out of control. So yeah, so really hoping to see uh, see some good momentum there. Hopefully, we can get you know by the sounds of it now we can maybe even get this job done by the end of April, even at the latest or earlier. So that's really really positive. Um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, really good. And then we spent some time with friends this past weekend. We were uh, we were over there at their place. He's got a, a new house out in the country, so we had a little bit of a fire there, and then. I ended up playing hockey with uh, with the guys. I didn't join the team this year for the beer league team, but I went out. Oh. And, I went out and played a game for them. They usually call me if they're short guys, so I played a game on on Saturday, and then we went out for beers and and watched the Leaf game at uh, at uh, what is it? It wasn't Krabby Joe's. It was uh, Chuck's. I guess Chuck's Roadhouse is what they call oh, it now. I love Chuck's that Roadhouse. Was, yeah, and that was the game that was like ten to seven against uh, <laughs> Detroit, which was fucking crazy um so yeah it was a lot of fun really enjoyed that it was good uh good way to spend a saturday night it was definitely uh a little under the weather on sunday morning but uh <laughs> but we carry on so there you go exactly yeah man well why don't we uh why don't we roll into it what what have you been uh playing this week have you been able to find some time for games obviously on the family front things have you know you're pretty occupied with the kiddo but you had any time to to play any games yeah, the week the week has been pretty busy. I haven't I haven't played much this week, but last weekend uh, it was a free weekend for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, yes. So I downloaded that. Unfortunately, didn't get very far. I'd say may, at the most maybe an hour and a half, two hours in. Um, but from what I did play of that, I I really did enjoy. This was my first uh, actual kind of entrance into the Assassin's Creed uh, games in the Assassin's Creed series. Um, so I was kind of expecting it was going to be more on the stealth side, but I get what I got. It seemed to lean more into the combat. Um, and I, I mean, you probably played more Assassin's Creed games than myself, so you could probably either confirm or deny that. But so I, I felt like this one, yeah, I played this one extensively, and I agree, it's amazing. I that one I've met. I think the hour count was like a hundred and 
25 to 150 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a beefy boy. It's a big one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not really a big stealth, stealth game player. Um, and you can really just go free range combat. I love the shield and the, and the sword and you just go to town, man. It's, it's, it's a hell of a fun game. Yeah. The combat controls definitely, they felt pretty, pretty easy to pick up. I think the only thing that was throwing me off was, I mean, cause I played it on the PS4. I kept clicking the square button thinking that was part of the combat, but it kept dashing me forward and back and in all these directions. So it, that kind of threw me off a couple of times, but otherwise like the combat controls seemed pretty straightforward to pick up. Um, and even like the little bit of stealth that I did was like, you know, it was passable, but I, I felt like the game really thrived when you got into those combat scenarios where it's like you and your other Viking friends taking on some other Vikings. And it was just, viking warfare you know uh yeah. it reminded me a lot of like because i i watched shows like the last kingdom which was like very heavily into like the viking uh lore so i i felt like a lot of vibes from that and i was like wow like really really enjoying the setting really enjoying this mythology um and if i can get an opportunity to play this again i definitely will because i do have a friend that i believe owns a copy of it um because i don't know i think after the 28th it's no longer like free for the like the free download i think it just goes to like a demo or something i haven't actually checked into that so if it is still free for me i'll continue to play it if not i'll get it from a friend and continue my journey um but no i I really enjoyed what i played so far yeah i actually have uh i have a copy of it um on xbox series x i got it like day one that was like one of the first games i got with my series x oh nice Um, nice and I would highly recommend playing. I mean, you can get a copy relatively cheap. Like I think the cheapest I've seen is around thirty bucks, plus tax Perfect. Canadian. Um, and if you're if you're looking for a game to play, I mean, I think you kind of play games as far as like how much time you have along the same lines as me. That game will take you a while to really grind out. The only thing I would say is like with Ubisoft games, right? I mean. You've probably played a couple, like it's very fetch quest style mm-hmm. thing, and there's a ton of bloat in the game, like a yeah. lot of like very repetitive stuff. You will notice too, like as you're going around, like a lot of the dungeons and stuff that they have in the game, very similar. Um, you can see just because of the sheer size of the game that they've used a lot of the um, they've used a lot of the different environments um, over and over again. Whether it's you know it might have different coloring. Um, oh, but see. you can tell you're going in and out of these places like they're the same, right? They're on different places in the map, but the concepts um, as far as what you're entering, like very similar, right? So um, if you're not the type of person that really kind of falls in love with that gameplay, then I think you will struggle to finish it. <laughs> um, but if you if you really fall in love with the gameplay, I think it's very easy to do hundred and 25 to 150 hours i mean i loved it so much that i went back and bought uh odyssey and i grinded out odyssey like another 100 to 125 hours yeah i mean i'll definitely have to like when i get the opportunity and it's one of those things too it's like if i can fall in love with the world and i fall in love with the story like i'll definitely want to go and explore and try to find all those nooks and crannies because i know that's like again for my most recent reference ghost of tsushima that's the way that i played that game almost very adhd i would be focused on the main story but all of a sudden i'd see a fox den and i'd want to chase a fox for like 10 15 minutes or i'd see uh, a shrine to worship and i'd start collecting all these other side things just to feel like as if uh, like i was doing all the collectibles while also still chasing the main story so i think that that's why it took me so long to finish a game like that and i had the feeling just by exploring what little I did of the world in Assassin's Creed, that that would probably, I'd fall into that same um, same sort of uh, thing. I would just find myself trying to chase the main story, but then it's like, oh, I got to chat with this guy. He might have something for me. So, you know, as long as I love the world and I love what it's offering me, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how uh, I approach it. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome, man. Anything, uh, anything else, or is that just kind of what you dipped into this weekend? No, that yeah, that was basically it. Just Assassin's Creed for me. Nice, buddy. Yeah, I mean, on on my front, I don't really have much as far as new games. I'm buying a lot of new games. Yeah, um, but I'm not. 
um, playing them at the moment because I'm really just trying to get through this one beefy game known as Horizon Zero Dawn. So my <laughs> uh, my hour count is currently at 45. So I am I'm definitely making progress, um, but it, it it's taking me a little while. I'm getting through the story. Um, I don't. It's I I love the gameplay. What I will give it, like I love the the bow and arrow. I love um, you know the dodge mechanic, like all the mechanics and everything from a gameplay perspective are right up my right up my fucking alley. Like I love it. I'm I'm in love with that aspect of it. Um, I could kind of do without some of the story stuff. I find that it really drags on and doesn't really get to the point a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, you're, you have, might have 20 to 30 lines of dialogue when you can have five. Right. And exactly. That, that's where it kind of loses me. And, and you know what, maybe that's just the way that I like to play games more than, more than anything. I mean, I definitely know some people really want to have an in-depth story and, and have that really kind of drawn out um in the game but for me it's it's just been a little bit too much um now i will say i play i play most of my games with the uh with the volume off i don't even really play with the volume on because my office is literally right next to where the uh where reese sleeps so i play a lot of stuff with just a podcast going and then i'm just grinding uh, the video game out so um i've enjoyed it like i i think it's i think it's a really well put together game like i'd probably just 45 hours in without saying i've finished it it's it's probably around an eight um eight to nine ish is probably what i would put it at i mean for a game that's from 2017 it's five years old it's aged very well it's very yeah. much playable in 2022 on a PS5, um, I mean, I think they've done some work. Like you, you're playing it at 4K60 now, so it's they've put some work into into it for the PS5 version. Um, but yeah, really enjoying it. I want to finish it. I need to continue to keep grinding it out, and I'm gonna gonna continue to keep carrying on with that. Are you gonna um, hop right into Forbidden West as soon as you finish this one? I don't think so. I don't think so because I think. I don't want to. I don't want to hate it, and I feel mm. like if I play one after the other, I think it's just going to be too much horizon, yeah. horizon for for one period. So I think, you know, my intention was to do that and then play Forbidden West, but I think what I'm going to find is that it's it's probably best if I just put it down. So um, we yeah. have GT Seven coming out uh, tomorrow, mm. and. Um, I still have Elden Ring that I have that I need to start. So I think the next game, once I get done with Zero Dawn, is probably going to be um, probably going to be Elden Ring. I think I'm probably going to try to jump into that and see what I can do with that. Um, see how far you can get, right? Because that game looks like it's going to be a grind for sure. Yeah, I mean it. It looks pretty hard, but I want to give it a you know a college try and see what I can mm-hmm. do with it. I mean it. The reviews and whatnot, I mean, I think that um it's deserves to at least be be tried and see what we can do see what I can do with it. Um Yeah. But yeah, that's the plan. I mean GT seven's gonna be out. I think GT seven's just gonna kind of fall into the rotation um mm-hmm. more than anything. That's a game that, you know, you can just really hop into here and there. So I think that'll be kinda come the gym game for me. So I know MLB the show twenty one's kind of that game right now which I've still been playing, really enjoying the road to the show, just trying to pop some trophies and whatnot. Um, the new MLB, the show 22 is coming out in April, which is, which is another one that I've got that I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to be playing. So um, GT seven is just going to probably kind of slot in there and I'll just kind of pick away at it kind of here and there. Um, and then the main like beefy, beefy boy game that I'll be playing to try to try to get through will probably be Elden ring. Um, we'll see mm-hmm. if, I feel like it may turn into a game where I may need to put it down for a period of time and just walk away from it for a little bit and yeah. then come back to it. Um, There's always that fear, though, when you put a game down like that, that like when you come to pick it up three, four, five months later, whenever it is, that you got to relearn everything all over again. Well, that's um, what it was like for Demon Souls for me, right? Like I've oh, played yeah. Demon Souls on PS5, which I have, and I've played four hours of it. And I really was getting the hang of it, but then I was like, 
you know, it's January for horizon forbidden West is coming out. I need to dig into zero dawn and, and start that game and just get that done. So yeah, um, I really just put that game down and I just haven't gone back to it. I do want to, you know, continue to keep working through that because I, I found the first couple hours of demon souls to be very frustrating. Um, and I'm, I have no problem going and watching guides online. So I watched a guide and I just tried to understand how the gameplay works, mm-hmm. um, you know, and how you kind of advance um, within a From Software game. Um, and then, you know, by hour three, four, I really, it started to click with me. Um, and I really started to kind of get an understanding of what to do. So I think, you know, I'm hopeful the same thing happens with Elden Ring. I mean, at the very least, I think that the game is like the art style and everything is just fascinating. And it's something I definitely want to check out. Um, but I'm definitely, you know, pot committed to try to see, if I can see what I can do with that game. And I mean, it could be one of those games where, like I said, I, I play five to ten hours and I have to put it down and then I come back. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we'll see where see kind of where that goes. I still have. Still have a couple other games that are kind of coming in. Like we got GT7, which I've got coming in, and then um, MLB The Show 22 is coming at the beginning of April, um, and then Lego Star Wars is coming the oh, second week of April, yeah. which I've got that coming um, on my series. So titles that are more more so in the the summer window, but um, but yeah. I like that you've got like two or three games on the go, and that's something that I feel like I need to start to adopt as well. You know, have the one big game that I can grind out, you know, as much as I can. Have a smaller game that's sort of the gym game, that's sort of the recurring one that I can do at any time and kind of put down and swap in for something else. Like that's something I really need to work on. So I, I admire that you have got that sort of down packed. Yeah, well, I mean, everybody plays different games differently, right? But I find, like, like I know people that, you know, they're playing, like, five, six different, like, open-world games at a time. I just can't do it, man. I, like, I, I don't think I've ever been able to do that. I, yeah, I came back, yeah. You know, and then there's, you know, there's the extreme on the other side where it's, like, you pick up a game and you don't touch anything else until the game's done. Like, I'm not really that guy either. No. For me, I think, like, whatever it is that you're playing has to kind of be be set up based on the time you have in front of you right like mm-hmm. if i have 30 minutes going into an open world game probably doesn't make sense right no. but 30 minutes i can pop in and get like a ton of shit done in mlb the show or i can play a race in um horizon or uh forza horizon 5 i can play some races there or i can play gt7 right like racing games are really easy to just pop in and out of yeah uh, maybe GT7 to a lesser extent. I don't really know. I mean, it's more of a a racing sim than like a a racer like Forza. But um, okay. but yeah, I mean, that's kind of just how I I really try to limit it though to like three games because I do find like after you get past three games, I think you almost start to get um, distracted. <laughs> like yeah, you, not distracted. I shouldn't say distracted. You almost get. Um, you almost don't know you're just playing for the sake of playing. You're not really focused on what you're doing when you're playing so many different games. So, um, and I really want to try to prevent, like, even though I'm buying more games than I have time to play with, I I definitely want to try to avoid picking up a game and then just, you know, it's a fart in the wind and it's gone in like, you know, three to four hours and I put it down and I never touch it again. I really hate it when I do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to give it the time. So totally, totally. Well, why don't we move along to our next section? Have you been? Have you had a chance to watch anything on the uh, on the telly? Yeah, yeah. So I started a new series uh, just last weekend, uh, Yellow Jackets on uh, Crave. Uh, okay, it's a, it's a Showtime that. series. Yeah, so yeah. basically the series follows this like high school girls soccer team uh, and set in like 1996, and their team is supposed to be going to a tournament. They're fl- and they're flying. By plane, I guess, over the Canadian wilderness, and they're playing crashes, and they're stranded in the wilderness for, I believe, 19, 20 months. And the series jumps between their time in the wilderness, like stranded all alone, and it hops ahead to present day 2021 with some of the actual survivors and kind of follows the stories 
hopping back and forth between when they're teenagers, when some of them are adults. Uh, it's a very interesting series. I'm about three episodes from the end of season one. Um, really enjoying my time with it so far. It kind of blends elements of like Lord of the Flies with some like supernatural sort of like paranormal haunting elements. Um, and the series has been renewed for a second season. So I'm assuming that, you know, whatever is going on in sort of the, the past storyline, uh, we're probably not going to get all the answers to. They're going to have to leave something for future seasons. But I don't see this being something that's going to be sh- hopefully not stretched out over like seven or eight seasons. I see this being a nice tight like two, three season series um, if they want to end it on their own terms. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it so far. It's a, it's well cast, uh, and yeah, it's I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people online are really interested. They've been, it's something that they've really enjoyed. A lot of good reviews on it, so it's good, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really the only thing I've been watching right now. So cool, buddy. Yeah, I mean your time's been uh, your time's been a little bit limited, focused on on other things. So totally get that, man. I guess I, I could uh, throw Mickey Mouse Clubhouse in there. That's probably the oh, other thing. Sure, <laughs> man. Of Mickey Mouse, toss it so. in there. Yeah, binge watching cool. that one. Cool, buddy. Um, yeah, so I mean, I've been kind of in the same boat. I actually haven't really been watching a heck of a lot this week. Just work has been uh, continues to be a bit of a bit of a meat grinder. So uh, I've been really focused on that. Most of what I've been watching, we did dip into Suspicion again. We watched another episode of that. Show's really 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 well put together it's definitely going places uh character building's been really really good with it it's definitely something to check out i won't go too much into the story because it's it's one of those suspense psychological thrillers that you know if you tell the story it kind of ruins it so definitely mm-hmm. one to check out it's on apple plus tv so check it out there um i haven't really got back to the witcher yet i'm just again tv time has been pretty limited this this week, mostly what I've been doing, I've watched most of the Leafs games this week. They've been on a bit of a grind. Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, the uh, up and down with some of these games. They're getting li- lighted up mm-hmm. um, in that right now, just scored on like crazy. So goaltending has been um, wanting. It's the easiest way to um, explain it. So it hasn't really exactly been the greatest um, to watch. You know, the wins have been actually fairly good except for the 10-7 game which was just an absolute dumpster fire um, so what's their playoff look look like right now do you think they're gonna make the playoffs or oh yeah they'll be they'll be there um mm-hmm. but you know it's you know I, a trend I, I guess yeah it's like a it's like a train barreling down the side of a highway that's completely on engulfed in flames like you that's what the leafs are for me like i just at no time am I ever going to stop watching um, yeah. as I continue to go down the road. So it's that's just what the Leafs are for me. But yeah, I mean, f- the regular season's great. I still see like a shit ton of problems with the way that they play hockey um, that I think is really not going to do well for them in the playoffs. Um, there doesn't seem to be a commitment to kind of change the way that they play defense. And I don't think that's going to work in the playoffs. I mean, they can score. They've always been able to score. Oh yeah, uh, but the D, the defensive side um, has been has been lacking. So I don't really know what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, they're definitely going to be one of the one of the better teams there for sure. Um, really, what I want to see is them get out of the first round. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can start having like serious conversations about potential for this year i think once we get past that because they've got to get they've got to get through a round here before we can we can really start even talking about it so fingers crossed hopefully hopefully we see uh we see some good things happen this year but that's uh other than that just glued to the continued uh situation that's uh that's happening in ukraine i've just been glued to my television screen continuing to watch the horror that's happening over there so yeah um, and it did feel like it seemed to escalate super quickly at least since last week right like i know it's been sort of this ongoing thing um and you've been kind of tuning in tuning out is like is he gonna is he gonna you know attack is he not gonna attack when when could it be and then we finally went forward with it it's like wow like 
you know, is this World War Three? Like, that's the questions. Like, my my thought was like, how you know, how's Canada getting involved? How's the U.S. getting involved? Like, in what way? Or you know, how's this going to affect us? You know what I mean? Like, but again, you know, my thoughts are with the people of Ukraine for sure. Um, like, this is yeah, dark days right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's for sure. I just saw some, I was just downstairs, saw come across the wire. They, there was a fire at a one of the largest nuclear plants in Ukraine oh, uh, due to a missile strike, So, um, which could lead to nuclear fallout worse than Chernobyl. So um, Jesus. You know, fingers crossed that. It's not, uh, it's not serious, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, the world is a crazy place, man. So, yeah, just when you think you're getting past COVID, right. And then, and then you see this, right. Totally, man. Well, let's, uh, let's move along from that. uh, that Something positive. Yeah. From that depressing subject, let's roll into the news. I've got three stories tonight. Um, want to start off with Gran Turismo 7. So Gran Turismo 7 is releasing on March the 4th or at midnight. Uh, we're recording here on Thursday. So by the time you're listening to this, the game will have dropped. Um, they are getting some pretty positive reviews. They got an 88 on Metacritic, which is very good. That is a really good score. A um, couple of the reviews that we saw on Metacritic, one was from The Gamer. Um, they gave it 100. Um, and their review was, otherwise, Gran Turismo 7 is hard to fault. I can't think of another racing game I've accidentally played for five hours straight without leaving the couch. The racing is thrilling, the cars are a joy to drive, the tracks are magnificent, and the career is well-structured. I haven't even talked about the photo mode, which is one of the best I've seen in a game. All the screenshots in this review were taken with it. I haven't fully dipped into multiplayer yet either, which has the potential to spawn a thriving competitive scene. There's just so much, and I can't imagine wanting to play another racing sim anytime soon. So that was the review from the gamer. Um, I find it very difficult to understand how they can give a game 100 without playing the multiplayer, but we'll just just kind of slide along from that (laughs) review, and we'll go down to the games and their review. They gave an 80. And their review was, the campaign might be a bit lacking, but the overall quality of Gran Turismo 7 outshines any minor gripe I might have had with the game. Simply put, it's an excellent addition to the series, hampered only by its always-online mandate for the campaign. Hmm. And then VGC, so Video Games Chronicle, pretty well-known outlet out there, they gave it a 60, which I I mean, I'll... Which is was one of the lowest scores for the game, which was kind of surprising, but... uh, It went like this. If you can suffer through the clunky menus, endless dull dialogue, and 100 visits to the cafe, then there's an excellent racing game somewhere hidden in Gran Turismo 7. It's baffling that the game does does its best to impede you from getting to the track, but when you actually get there, there's a lot of fun to be had. Okay. Very interesting take. Yeah. uh, Reviews are opinions, right? So I don't know. Maybe maybe that guy was having a bad day. It's hard to really say. (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting too because his opinion would have to represent Video Games Chronicle, right? So that it's yeah, interesting well, that they would score it so low compared to the gamer. But uh, like, I mean, to each your own, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you had eighty-two positive, four mixed. So I mean, he wasn't the only one that thought it wasn't the greatest. Yeah. Um, obviously, one of four, but um, but yeah. So I don't know. A lot of um, I did give three very different different. Uh, differing reviews there but um for the most part it's getting pretty positive uh scores yeah. a couple perfect scores um like the guy who didn't play the multiplayer but uh <laughs> uh great game i'm I, from the sounds of it so i'm really looking forward to dipping into this one it's one that's been on my uh calendar for a while and uh i'm really looking forward to getting my steelbook tomorrow it's going to be it's pretty sweet looking steelbook now are you are you big into these driving games, like I know you played um, Forza, right? Uh, did, like, w- have you always been kind of up to up with all the car games? Because I personally have have not. Um, but again, seeing the positive reviews and you know seeing how accessible this game is and how beautiful this game is, much like Elden Ring, it's the type of thing that you know positive reviews could really turn you on to a game and really kind of entice you to try 
it for the first time if you haven't really, you know, dipped your toes into it. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've been a racing guy like Project Gotham Racing. Going back to that, like, um, uh, what was it? It was at Midnight Underground. Oh, Midnight Club. One. Yeah, Midnight Club. Yeah, Midnight Club was another one. Um, Need for Speed, like some of the original Need for Speeds were good. I'm not really a big fan of the the more recent entries in Need for Speed. I find that um, those racing games have kind of just gone in a different direction. They're not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but big racing, big racing guy. Like I think that I'm more inclined to enjoy the non-sim um, style of game. So more like a Forza Horizon Five is like right mm-hmm. up my alley, where I feel like I'm getting the real experience of driving the car but i'm not um you know i'm not forced into you know you go and do like a 30 minute race and you make one mistake on a current on a turn and then it's uh it's literally donezo for the for the entire round right so that's more along what gt7 is so i haven't actually played a racing sim in earnest so I don't really know what to expect with GT7, but just, you know, I played Forza Horizon 5, Forza Horizon 4, uh, Dirt 5, um, some of the other ones I mentioned at the beginning, and I find them to be great games to play while I'm working out. Racing's just very simple, you know? You literally are, you know, one button's the brake, one button's the gas, and you just you fucking go, right? So it's really, really simple. Um so yeah, racing games have been that that one game that I just kind of slot in as a gym game where you play a little bit here and there. So I'm looking really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I guess it's not to say like I definitely played racing games. Uh, not to correct myself, back in the day, but a lot of the racing games that I was drawn to was more the destructible, like like the destruction derby style racing games, right? Like like the sure. motor storms of like PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four, and and uh, even the old destruction derby games, like. I like yeah. to destroy my vehicles wherever I can. So <laughs> those types of games I find I'm drawn to when it comes to a racing sim. Yeah, and that doesn't really fly in, in a in a Gran Turismo game. No. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely definitely gonna be interesting. I'll uh I'll report back on kind of what I think about it because it's it's one that I wanna play um, as okay, soon cool. as I can. But yeah. uh, we'll go to we'll go on to the next story here and you uh you might have some input maybe on this i'm not a big pokemon guy but there was <laughs> a uh, there was an announcement uh over the weekend that uh they are going to be putting out the new gen 9 pokemon scarlet and violet and the announcement goes the pokemon company has announced the pokemon scarlet and violet a brand new open world pokemon adventure will be released on nintendo switch in late 2020 announced during pokemon day in 2022's pokemon presents these two new game freak developed games will feature a new region and it's three new Gen 9 starter Pokemon have already been revealed. And that's from uh, uh, Bankhurst at IGN, Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Yeah. So you uh, are you and I, I feel like you're a Pokemon guy, but maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. No, no, no. I, I am a Pokemon guy, but ma- okay. mainly like the main gen games, right? Like the Sword and the Shield, X and Y. Like I didn't. Yeah stray too far into some of the more obscure titles but i always keep up with with the new gen games so i was i was very surprised that the fact that they did announce a new gen it it feels so soon right i mean we just got legends arceus right so it felt like there was a bit more to tap in gen 8 but you know i'm i'm excited for for gen 9 right because it just gets you gets you more excited about well new environment to explore new pokemon to to catch all that and of course, right away, I, I messaged my brother because my brother and I grew up on these games, right? From, from Red and Blue. And we were like, all right, bro, which one are you getting? Because I'm not going to get the one you're getting. So, um, you know, we always kind of have that discussion right when we f- hear of a new Pokemon game. So uh, I will probably be getting Violet because my brother already said he's going to get Scarlet. So um, we're going to see. I'm, I'm waiting to see what more they're going to uh, show us because even from the little snippet we got, I did get the the Legends Arceus vibe, and I'm do I am hoping that it is going to lean more into the open world side because, despite the fact that Sword and Shield presented itself as like an open world like, it was still a linear game and yeah. had open world areas, but it was still a it was still a linear game. So I'm I am curious to see if 
you know, they're going to take what they got from, from Legends Arceus and build upon that because I think that that's what these new Pokemon games need rather than taking that one step forward and like two or three steps back into their old formula. Like they really need to really just kind of shake things up. So we'll see. I mean, it's still early days, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think I was surprised too, right? Legend Legends Arceus comes out, you know, and they're going to drop like a Gen 9 in the same year. Like, again, I don't know a heck of a lot about Pokemon. I'm not a Pokemon guy, but from what I've heard from the community, like, I think what Legends Arceus was, was a test game to see if the op- this open world Pokemon would work. And it seems like it's been well received. And I think, you know, based on that reception, they had the Gen 9 game in in locked and loaded and ready to go. And they just decided to pull the trigger and they're going to sell a shit ton of Pokemon via Scarlet and Violet at Christmas time, right? Like it's just going to, it's going to sell like bananas. So. Um, yeah, I actually just looked up when Sword and Shield came out because I've, I've noticed a trend. I mean, usually when they start new gens, it tends to be every three or four years. Yeah. Uh, Sword, Sword and Shield was released, uh, I think, fall of 2019. I was just looking up the date. So this seems to fall right in line for when they would probably announce the new the newest game. If not, it was probably going to come next year, but it makes sense that they're doing it this year. But yeah, I mean, like like we were saying, like after Legends Arceus, you know, and the fact that they're kind of saying, "All right, this game is coming late 2022," doesn't seem like a lot of time to to from build a new game like this from the ground up. Um, so I'm curious to see just how much work they're going to be able to get into this. I haven't I haven't ever come across an instance where a Pokemon game has ever been delayed. They've always seemed to hit their mark pretty well. So I, I am anticipating that this will be ready in time for the Christmas holidays, probably sometime October, November. We'll see this drop. Nice, man. Nice. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to our last story. So this comes from game informer and it's Wesley LeBlanc. Um, so this is, uh, regarding the, uh, stalker two development, uh, which has kind of been sidelined due to the Ukraine conflict. I just thought it would be good to give an update. The quote is, the previous week we were editing the video about our motion capture studio. We wanted to show how the cutscenes were created. took time to watch videos, write scripts, and speak with actors. The previous week was ages ago. On the 24th of February, Russia declared war on Ukraine and sent rockets, tanks, and soldiers to our homeland. Our country is forced to fight for existence again. Seems like this is the price of, of freedom. This video is our answer to the how are you guys question. Now we are striving to help our employees and their families survive. The game development shifted to the sidelines, but we will definitely continue after the victory. Glory to Ukraine. So this was just something I found uh, online today, and I just thought it was a good little story to kind of to kind of finish out with. Just that you know, obviously that game is their developers are in Ukraine. It's something mm. we talked about for the last couple of weeks, and they've been obviously the development of that game has been put on hold. Um, the Ukrainian government is conscripted all male peoples between 18 to 60 would essentially serve in the, uh, in the resistance uh, against the Russians. So, I mean, the focus is not really on making video games anymore. And uh, rightfully so, I mean, they need to kind of focus on just surviving at this point. So obviously we hope uh, everything goes well uh, there and uh, they can get back to work on that game but uh i know that it had been pushed out it was supposed to come out in april i think and then it got pushed out again till was it was november or december this year yeah i was just looking i think december 8th was its new release date and um now it's been put on this indefinite hold and i know it's been it's been a long time since we've seen a stalker game i'm just looking up call of pripyat was the last one it came out in 2009 so it's been a long time waiting for for the sequel, and you know it's unfortunate that we got to wait longer. But with the world, the state of the world right now, you know, I think that the priorities have shifted, right? And this game is going to come. You know, it's not that it's been delayed. You know, it's not like it's not well, going to come out, right? So that's the concern, right? Is like these people have worked on, and again, at the end of the day, like games don't matter in this type of situation, mm-hmm. right? But with that being said, like you would hate to see all of their work just kind of go to waste. Absolutely. Um, so really, like regardless of what the outcome is, uh, we really hope that you know at the very least 
either they finish their work or someone else is able to kind of take the torch and and finish the game so that their work and their art can kind of be realized. But uh, you know, time will tell kind of what yeah. happens with that. Well, it's something that we'll have to keep our eyes on. Yeah, and I haven't dug into this story too deeply because I mean, I, I was kind of late reading it before we started, but. I'm really hoping that there hasn't been any backlash against the story. I'm hoping with everything that's gone on, that's going on right now between Russia and Ukraine, that people are at least understanding to this situation. You know, the fact that this game's already been delayed once, I know. I I am not one that gets upset over delays. I think if you're going to delay a game, you know, you try to put as much work and, and time and effort into it as you can. But if it's delayed for reasons that are beyond your control, you know, you got to kind of look at it from a different lens right like there's a lot going on right now and at the end of the day like there are plenty of games in the world to play but there's an even bigger conflict going on right now i got more games than i know what to do with like i never really understood why people get upset where the game's delayed it's like you should be excited about that because that gives you time to finish all the other shit that you haven't done so it's exactly you haven't gone through so yeah i mean it is frustrating to see you see that kind of you know discourse online, but uh, you haven't really been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of it for this particular uh, particular communication and delay. I mean, we, the game will come out whenever it comes out, and we obviously just hope that you know things get kind of sorted out out uh, out in Ukraine. So time will tell. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end of our news story. So we'll roll into the closing portion of our show so we'll go through what's releasing on consoles this week we got a bit of a list here there's actually a couple in here that are are pretty interesting so we'll give her a go so aperture desk job which is on steam deck which is interesting this must be one of their like launch games yeah (laughs) it's interesting elix 2 pc ps5 xbox series x ps4 and xbox one on march 1st far changing tides that's on all systems. That's on March 1st. It got some pretty good reviews, if I'm not mistaken. I feel it was somewhere in the 80s on okay. Metacritic. I don't know what that game is, though. I don't know. Uh, I don't recognize it. Yeah, Little Orpheus. Uh, it's on all systems, including PC, and that's on March 1st. Mega Aquarium, Freshwater Frenzy DLC. That's on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, March 1st. Valheim Mountain Update. That's the uh, on PC on March first. That's that crazy, crazy like indie PC game that went viral yeah. uh, last year. I guess they've got uh, got an update or DLC of some sort. Thirty five MM PS four Xbox One Switch March second. Zombie Rollers Pinball Heroes on PC and Switch March second. Babylon's Fall PC PS five PS four March third. So that one's interesting. I've been hearing about that in. Mm-hmm. Some of the podcast circles that I've been listening to this week, and it is a hot mess, supposedly, just an absolute dumpster <laughs> fire. That's uh, it was made by Platinum Games. Oh, um, okay, and it's uh, supposedly it's a bit of a stinker, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. That's a day <laughs> like that's a, a Sony exclusive, so um, okay, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see kind of what what happens with that one. Um, Beholder 3 on PC March 3rd, Gran Turismo PS5, PS4 on March the 4th, Gunborg Dark Matters on PC, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch March 4th, Music Racer Ultimate PS5, Xbox Series X March 4th, Quest for Infamy, all systems except for PC, and that's on March 4th, and then last but not least, Triangle Strategy on Switch March the 4th. Triangle Strategy is actually getting some pretty good love on Metacritic as well. I think it got an 83. Yeah, that's the guys who made Octopath Traveler for the Switch. So I'm, I'm keeping my yeah. eye on that one because I is heard that Octopath. You? It uh, possibly. I mean, again, like Octopath Traveler interested me as well, but then I heard some of the reviews for that game were kind of mixed. Uh, yeah. So, but this one seems to be a better follow-up. So I'm going to keep my eye on this one. Cool, man. Yeah, it's one that uh, I follow. Well, I mean, me and you both follow Sean Capri. He's been absolutely addicted to this. <laughs> Whenever it is that this game comes out, he's just all in. I don't know yeah. if he actually is all in on the game or if he's just on, in on the game, the name of the game, but um, he was definitely <laughs> excited about it. So, 
Yeah. So yeah, that's what's releasing this week on consoles everywhere. Okay. So we'll move along. Deals of the week. I don't really have much for this section. I haven't really come across anything that's really too um, interesting. You got a lot of your regular run-of-the-mill deals uh, on a couple of video games here and there. I did talk a little earlier. I'm getting the GT7 Collector's Edition. Um, they definitely have stock on that at GameStop. So if you're if you're looking for a sweet steelbook, definitely check it out. I thought it was, you know, it's probably one of the better steelbooks I've seen this year. Um, with the exception of the Elden Ring stuff. Um, I have been seeing a lot of graphic car- graphics cards for PCs coming up on coming up at Best Buy. Um, there's been a lot of links getting sent out about that, like drops in the last 48 to 72 hours. So if you're looking for one of those, uh, go over, you know, follow Al Babbins. Uh, he can definitely help you out to find one of those. And uh, and that's pretty much it for this week, guys. That uh, that come we've come to the end of the show. We uh, we want to thank everyone for listening and joining us tonight. We appreciate all your support. Please make sure to subscribe and rate on your podcast network, and you can reach us on our podcast Twitter account, Royal City Gaming. I'm Jordan, and you can find me on Twitter at jla underscore fifteen. We'll put some uh, notes in the show notes. Will any closing info? Where can we find you, buddy? Yeah, so uh, you can find me uh, at at Will Key. Uh, K-E-E is how you spell that on Twitter as well. I have my own podcast, The Outbreak Podcast, which you can find on any of your podcast platforms. You can follow that Twitter account as at Podcast Outbreak, all one word. Awesome, man. Yeah, definitely check uh, check that out. I don't uh, – we, we would like to uh, have Will back on a more regular basis, you know, schedule permitting, but we will – have to see um, if uh, if that's the case. Otherwise, I'm sure he'd pop in here and there. Um, yeah, well, thank you know, you. I make time. Yeah, no. Well, we really appreciate having you on. I mean, Mateo's been Mateo's been out uh, dealing with uh, dealing with the back surgery and his recovery and everything. So um, I think even having Mateo back, the three of us, I think it would really be a, a be an awesome dynamic just to kind of hang and chat about video games. So we'll see what the future may hold. That's, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and hope he's doing well. Hope he's recovering. Yeah, he's doing really well. He was going to join us tonight, but uh, just needs a little bit more time to heal. So uh, hopefully uh, next week he can join us uh, on the show, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Okay, awesome. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll chat next week. Play some vids. See you guys. Bye.